You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. Uh, Welcome. It's so good to, to see you. It's good for us to be together again. And And today I'm actually going to speak about something uh, that is such an important process in our lives that needs to take place in order to produce new wine, in order to produce good fruit, in order for us really to become the people that God created us to be, there's something that must happen. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we are... And the thing I'm going to talk about today, I think it's something we must all hear. I think it's something so important. And if there is one thing that really has stood out for me uh, from spending time in the wilderness and coming back, it is, so I I landed and a couple of days later, so I spent, you know, a month in the wilderness. For those of you who don't know, I landed a couple of days later. I had to preach and it's just been go go, go, non-stop since then. And so the wilderness seems like a distant memory for me already. And if there's one thing that just really is, is, is stood out for me, this, this sharp contrast between wilderness and living life here, it's the pace of things. And that's something about what we're going to talk about today something that needs to happen in our lives in order for us to produce good wine, new wine, good fruit in our lives. Okay, so, so we, have, we started last week. We are looking at Bible passages. There are literally hundreds of Bible passages in the Bible that, that uses this imagery of vineyards and vines and, and, and wine, and it's used to, to speak to us about our relationship with God. It's, it's used to speak to us about what God expects of us, what God wants from us. It's used as a help us grow and develop and mature and to be reminded of certain things that will help us draw closer and deeper in our relationship with God. And so we've been looking at these verses, and last week we started uh, in the Old Testament. We, look at, uh, we looked at a book in the Bible called Isaiah. We looked at a verse in chapter 5 of that book, and this was written about 800 years before Jesus was born. And, and um, in this verse, we, we, we were introduced again to this idea that uh, God has this vineyard, and he plants us, you and me, as his vines, his, his excellent vines, Isaiah said. And then he nurtures and cares and, and, and invests in us and loves us. And by his spirit, wants us to, as we planted as young vines, to grow and then to grow some leaves and then to mature and, and to keep on growing and then eventually produce good fruit. And then we see the cycle of this great harvest that will come, this day of the great harvest that will come. And so 
And so we read of this in Isaiah, and then Isaiah also tells us of what uh, some of this good fruit should look like, what it is. And, and he reminded us about two fundamental principles for the kingdom of God, and that's the principles of justice and righteousness. And so we get this idea that God, God gives us life, and then he wants us to grow and mature, and he wants us to become people that develop fruit, good fruit. He wants us to be people that, that live with this idea of justice, this idea that, but that everybody should be treated right and to put actions of righteousness to these ideas of justice, that we live right, we, we treat one another with love and with joy and patience and compassion and kindness. And these are the kinds of fruit that God wants to see in our lives, the kind of vines He wants us to grow up to become, the kind of people He wants us to be. And we reminded ourselves of that last week. And just again this week, just reminded that, that there are people in our midst who pray needs from, from children in our midst who, who say, please, please pray. I've, I've lost a parent and I have another parent that's so desperately ill. Children who, who, who don't necessarily have three good meals a day. That we have people in our midst who, who, are, who, who are experiencing or are going through the, the absolute heart-rendering pain of, of, of the ending of marriage and the breaking up of relationships. And this is all happening in our community. And God's reminding us, I want you to grow up vines. And produce good fruits of justice and righteousness that you will perform actions of, of love and kindness and compassion and care for one another. And that that care and love will overflow into the world and the communities around you. That's, that's the expectation, Isaiah tells us, that God has for us. The people he wants us to be. And we fully understand that we don't do these things of, of, of acting justly and kindly and, and, and righteousness. We don't do it in order to be saved. We don't do these things because we want to be saved. But we understand that we are saved for doing these things. And this is what God wants to see grow in our community. And so God asks us, will we be a people that creates... Now I'm going to talk viticulture language, and I'm not French, so forgive my pronunciation. Terroir, right? The environment, the soil, the growing conditions. God says, will you be a community of people that creates a good terroir, a good environment, where we can all grow and mature and produce good fruit? And so by us doing that, that the world will change and the kingdom of God will come. And God, in this day and age that we find ourselves, is reminding His church, are you producing fruit? And so we see clearly as we look at these passages in Scripture, this, this cycle. I don't know if you've seen the photos already. Have you? Okay, well, they're going to come up now. We see the cycle where God comes and then, and then plants us young, small, little vines. There we go. 
right? And then, and then the expectation is, is that, we, that we grow and mature, and then we grow leaves, and, and then eventually uh, the expectation from God is that we, that we produce fruit. And, and then as we grow and mature and produce fruit, then there'll be this great day of the harvest. What a joyous and beautiful day that's going to be, the day of the harvest. And so we see this clear cycle in the imagery of growing vines. And then I thought about it, and I thought about what does it look like in people, in, in us, in humans? And then I thought about our Sunday school, us as parents coming and planting our young vines in Sunday school, and us as a church saying, well, we want to create environment, the terroir, good growing conditions that our young vines can know about Jesus and grow up. And so we asked a few of our young people in Sunday school what they think about Sunday school. Have a listen to this. Jesus and being nice to each other, playing Uno with my friends. It's fun because you learn new stuff. Fun crafts to connect to the best and you learn a lot of new stuff. That we learn new things and have fun. Uh, eating biscuits. <laughs> I like to play with my friends and I like to learn new things about God and I like to pray to God and I will always listen to God. And so, and so we plant these young vines and together and those of you who understand, well, I want to volunteer, I want to be a Sunday school teacher because I understand this, but this, but this heart of God to see us grow and mature and and then they grow and mature and they become young adults. And so we spoke to some of our young adults and say, hey, well, what do you think about, you know, Sunday school and what did that mean in your life? And we see them as kind of growing and producing leaves and slowly producing fruit. Listen to what some of our young adults had to say. I would say it was very important because it helped familiarize me with stories from the Old and the New Testament. Yes, I always enjoyed it because uh, I got to learn the Bible, like the stories. Well, it taught me like the, the basic stories and kind of the ideas behind Christianity. Yes, I attend the young adults at Crossroads. I would say that it gives me a place to fellowship with my peers. It gives me a place to worship and have community. So it's very, very important for me. Well, it's, uh, I learn, keep learning new things and I also have fellowship with other young Christians. And so we see then these young vines, they grow up, and then, and then we pray for them as a community. We create environment, uh, for the environment for them as, as grown-ups so they can produce fruit. And uh, so then our prayer, and I hope is that we'll come to a day like today, a baptism day where we, where we baptize them. And uh, they produce fruit, and they, start, and they sign up to help and volunteer and serve in the life of the church. And part of the mission of the church whether I grew up in church or not, I only came to church as an adult. Part of the mission of the church is that we, we create space and environment where we go through this process of, of growing and maturing and producing not just leaves but fruit for the harvest. In order for that fruit to be produced and that harvest to come, there is a very important process that needs to take place in this whole journey, in this whole process. Something that I want to talk to us about today. 
something I think we all need to hear about and be reminded of. And it's the activity, and you speak to viticulturalists, that's somebody that grows vines, uh, and they'll say this is probably one of the most important things that they do to help produce good quality grapes. And it's the activity of pruning. Pruning. Pruning must take place to produce a good quality grape. Jesus now talks about that. We read this in John's Gospel, chapter 15. Let's read verses 1 to 6 as we turn our attention to an important aspect of growing grapes, pruning. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. And he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself but must must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit Unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. Let's have a look at this passage a little bit before we baptized with great joy uh, some, some of our members. We've got four baptisms in this service and then two in the second service. What a joyous day. Uh, okay, so the context of this passage very quickly is uh, Jesus is preparing for his crucifixion. Uh, th- he will soon be arrested and crucified. And so he's speaking kind of last lessons to his followers And so we understand that what he has to say now here is very important. This is something we must be reminded of. This is something we must hear. Some of Jesus' last words before going to the cross. And so what Jesus is doing, he's saying, and he's taking that imagery of Isaiah 800 years earlier, and he, he kind of puts a twist on it a little bit. He says, I am the true vine, Jesus says of himself, and we are the branches. So what he's doing is he's kind of sharpening up this metaphor. He's getting more focused. And and he's saying, I'm the true vine, you are the branches. So I've got a little diagram here. Let me explain to you what Jesus is saying. So I've got a little vine here. And um, what Jesus is saying in this passage, he's saying, okay, look, I am the roots. I'm the trunk. I'm the cordon. This main branch, you are, you and I, we are the cane, what we call the fruiting cane, the place where the fruit happens. And in order to bear fruit, you must remain in me. You must be connected to me. This cordon, this main branch from the trunk, you are the fruiting cane, is what Jesus is saying to us. And then he says, and then he says, and so what happens is, But the father goes and he looks at this fruiting cane and and where there are branches that are not producing fruit, they are cut back. They are cut out. 
And when you speak about, uh, you speak to vine growers, to vine keepers, um, this is exactly what happens. Is they go and they walk in the vineyard and where there is bits of the vine that is just dead branches, it's just a bunch of leaves, there are no grapes, that gets cut away. And so Jesus was wanting to speak to us about this idea of cutting away. So this story in John 15, this parable, this is important for us to know, becomes for us a parable of self-examination and judgment. It is a story that is inviting us. Jesus, in speaking this, is inviting us with the question, are you producing fruit? If not then you are not what you were created to be, what you are meant to be. And so let allow God's Spirit to examine us, every aspect, every area of our lives that is not producing fruit or is hindering, impairing, preventing us from growing and becoming these beautiful, mature, fruit-producing vines that we were destined to be. Okay, so here's what's going on. I think we all understand that we are not just one branch. My life is not just one branch, right? There's more to us than just this one thing. There are many dimensions and aspects of my life. And the same for you and me. There are, there, are some, there are some areas in my life that are producing good fruit, and it's going well. And it's looking good and it's healthy. But there are also some areas that are not producing fruit. There are some times and some seasons in my life where I am producing a lot of fruit and it's going well and I'm feeling good and it's looking good. But there are also some seasons in my life, some times in my life, when it's not so much about producing fruit, but it's about putting down roots, soaking up the nutrients, growing, maturing to later develop fruit. We understand that, right? Then we also understand that there are some areas in my life that are not producing any fruit at all. And I think what Jesus is in part talking about here, he's not saying to us here, and, and can I just tell you, I think as a young person for a long time, I read it initially this way. This passage that, listen, if you're a sinner and you don't this, and God's going to cut you out and throw you in the fire, you're going to burn in hell forever. Right? <laughs> and I think what Jesus is saying to us here is, is that there are parts of your life, there are branches in me that are looking good and doing well, but there are branches in me and say, Holy Spirit, what are those branches, those things in me that are not producing fruit? That needs to be cut out of my life. Okay, let me tell you about something in my life. Okay. So, um, I love overlanding. Okay, now I can see most of you haven't got a clue what that is, uh, what I'm talking about. So, here it is. Here's a photo. Okay. Overlanding, and it's got a Dutch flag on it. Great. I didn't even realize that. Okay, that's not my car. So, I'm just so overlanding, right, is this idea about having this... Okay, this is dangerous, right? Because I can talk about this now all day long. So it's just, so, 
so it's getting these four by four off-road vehicles. The idea is it's kitted out. You're self-sustainable. You've got, but you've got um, uh, solar panels and water and everything, and you've got food, and you can go into the wilderness, and you can just camp and be self-sustained and go on these wonderful, great adventures. And so I love watching videos. You can ask my kids about. It. I love watching videos about overlanding, about people going on these great adventures. And uh, okay, my wife is sitting there nodding her head right now. So I love watching this. And of course, then it's about the gadgets that go with it. You know, I need this gadget. And one of the gadgets I've told you this before, torches. I love torches. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. God, forgive me. But it's not possible to have enough torches. I've got a collection of torches. And um, there's room for many more. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've got a birthday that comes up every year. I'm, I'm just saying, right? So, and I, and I, and I love this. And so, and so, and so the thing about overlanding a thing, and so... In and of itself, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's kind of, uh, what's the Dutch word? Offlading. Um, you know, it's good, and, 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 it's, and there's nothing wrong about it. Um, but then what can happen is, the more I like it, it begins to consume me more and more, and I watch more and more of these videos, and then the more you watch, and, and then more re- re- resources and more time and energy go into it. And so I think what Jesus is talking about here, it then becomes potentially this thing in my life which is diverting energy and resources and time and impairing and preventing me from growing good fruit. And so this, this parable is inviting us to say, what is there in your life, in my life, that is using up so much of my time and energy and nutrients that it's preventing me, impairing, standing in the way of me growing good fruit? That's the challenge that Jesus is asking of us. Before he goes to be crucified, he says, what in your life is preventing you from going good fruit? And, and so there are some things that in and of themselves are not bad. I mean, we know them, like watching overlanding videos. There's nothing wrong with that. But it has the potential to get in the way of becoming the person God wants me to be. Taking resources away that can be used towards justice and righteousness. Right? So we all have those things in our lives. And then, of course, we all have things in our lives that we know just outright, this shouldn't be in my life. And it's a challenge for those things, to examine those things as well. Those things that we know are wrong. That really, just quite obviously, is not God's will for us. And so this is a story to invite the Holy Spirit to come and say, Paul... Here's a branch, here's a a cane that is not fruiting. There's no fruit on this cane. Then Jesus goes on and he says something very strange. And so we now we come to discover that there are two aspects to this idea of pruning. This one of of cutting away things that shouldn't be there, things that are impairing and standing in the way from us producing fruit. But then Jesus says this in verse 2. He says, so he removes any branches that don't produce fruit, like watching too many overlanding videos. Well, actually, it becomes fruitful when I use it as a sermon illustration. So... Sorry, Lord, I just, I'm just saying, right. So he removes and saying, what are the, th- the branches that are just dry sticks and not producing? 
and, and, and it's using up energy and time and resources. And so you're not growing the fruit. And so it says that needs to be cut away. Come, Holy Spirit. Show me what that is in my life. Cut that away. But then Jesus says there's another aspect to pruning. It's not just cutting away. He says something strange. And he trims any branch that produces fruit. What? So that it will produce even more fruit. So, so he talks about this idea about not just cutting away, that's the one aspect, but cutting back. Things that are growing fruit. Now me, I'm thinking, well, that's just crazy. I mean, if I'm seeing a vine and, there's, and there are grapes there, I'm not going to cut them off. I mean, there's grapes. The more, the merrier. And so we learn something. Jesus wants to remind us of something about pruning in our lives. It's not just cutting out, but it's cutting back. So I did a bit of research, right, on, on the cutting back, the pruning process of vines. And here's what I found that was really interesting. If you look at a new fruiting cane, you'll see it has these little knobs on them. We call them buds, and then they will grow into fruit, right? The first five closest to the, the, the cordon, closest to the main, the true vine, the first five buds are all kind of close to each other. And then the further along you go, the distance between the buds get more and more and more. And so the vine has to work so much harder to produce more fruit. And then the distance gets even more. And the vine has to work so much harder to produce more fruit. And so when the farmer comes, they cut back. So they take until the first five and then they cut. So they cut all these others away where the vine has to work so hard. And then what they find is the vine has to work so much harder to produce a bunch of grapes. And those grapes don't taste as well. The quality is not as good. And I think this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. Not just the cutting out of things that shouldn't be there and is preventing me from growing, but also areas where there is fruit, where we do find fruit in our lives. But the quality is not that great. And we have to work so hard to produce those fruit. So as I was doing my research, I read this article about pruning and this cutting back. And there were four things that this article said is the reason why the farmer cuts back, prunes things back. And I want you to listen to these four reasons. It's talking about vines. But I want you to think about them. I want you to do the translation and think about them in terms of your own life. This idea of cutting back, even where there is fruit. The first thing that this article said was the reason pruning needs to happen is because it makes the vine grow stronger. Pruning improves the quality of the fruit. Pruning helps the vine grow more fruit. I love this one. Pruning allows the vine to live longer. Because it doesn't have to work as hard to produce these fruit. So here's what it has to do with us. When I ask somebody, 
how are you doing? What's the first answer I get back? I'm fine. What's the second answer I get back on the question, how are you doing? The second answer I get back is, I'm so busy. The third answer I get back is, I'm so tired. Busy and tired. Because we've all fallen into this idea of living this, and this is where many of us live, this idea of more is more. More is better. And what pruning teaches us is that less is more and less is better. Less is better quality. But we live with this idea, this thing of I've got to do more and the more I do, the better and the more, the more, the more. And so by the way, we pass this on to our children. You see how busy our kids are? This activity, that activity, and this thing, and that thing. It's just going, fetching, carrying, fetching, carrying all the time. More, 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 more is better. The more I do, the more value my life has. The more I'm engaged with, uh, the more meaning my life has. And so this, these words of Jesus, and so this really spoke to me, as I said. As I came out of the wilderness, I landed preached kind of the next day, and it's just been go, 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 go. And all the stuff about the wilderness, it's gone. And I was just so reminded of this idea of pruning back about less is more. Now let's talk about those four things in terms of makes us stronger, improves the quality of our lives, helps us grow more fruit, and allows the vine to live longer. Pruning teaches us that being busy is not the same as being fruitful. A lesson we must hear, a lesson we must learn if we are to produce good grapes and good fruit. That so many of us are pouring energy and time and resources into things that are producing just a bunch of leaves and dead sticks. And there are things in our lives which are diverting energy and resources and time. And it is just keeping us from becoming the people God wants us to be. And there's some of us who are super spiritual and really just proper Christians. We are so busy. Our, our, our fruiting cane is so long. We've got so many buds. We're involved in this and that and this and that and this and that. And so just the more we're involved in, but the grapes are just progressively getting more sour and more sour and more sour. So some of the last words that Jesus spoke was invite the pruning work of God into our lives. Lord, what is there that needs to be cut out? What is there that needs to be cut back so that the quality can be better? Being busy is not the same as being fruitful. And then why? Why? Because Jesus then goes on in the next verses to say, he says, abide in me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And when you remain in me, that's when you will produce great good fruit, when you remain in me. So he says, he invites us to draw near to him. 
And so this is a parable that, that calls and shouts to each and every one of us to draw closer to God. We know the things that will help us to abide in Him. We know that we must come to church on Sunday because it helps us to abide in Him, but we don't because we are too busy. We know that spending time in daily devotions will help me to abide in Him, but we don't because we are too busy. We know that praying and reading God's Word and going to fellowship group helps me to abide in Him, but we don't because we are too And so Jesus says, invite the pruning work of God into our lives to cut back. We're cutting back is necessary. Why? Why? So that we can abide in Him. So I want you to think about it in this way as we get ready to baptize some of our beautiful people. I think this is kind of really what this parable is about. There, there are 168 hours in a week. 168 hours in a week. Can I give God one in worship on a Sunday? One. If I can't, Stuff needs to get pruned back. Because what is ultimately important for me in life is to abide in Him so that I can grow fruit for the great harvest. There are 1,440, am I right? 1,440 minutes in a day. 1,440 minutes in a day. It takes about 10 or 15 of them to read my Bible for a little bit and to pray. Can you give God 10 or 15 of them of that 1,440? If you can't, Jesus says, some stuff needs to be trimmed back and cut back. Why? Because you need to abide in me. Because that's when you produce fruit. Ten out of a thousand four hundred and forty. Can you understand? And we struggle with those ten. We struggle with that one out of a hundred and sixty-eight or whatever it is. We struggle. Because we've got these long fruiting grains. So much going on. And I wonder Jesus speaks about the activity of pruning in our lives. This, I believe, is a reminder for us all to say, Lord, I'm struggling to abide in you, to give you 15 out of 1,440. And because I'm struggling to abide in you, I'm struggling to produce fruit in my life, growing and becoming the person that you want me to be. What is there in my life that needs to be cut out? And what is there in my life that is good but needs to be cut back in order? 
for me to abide in you. A good reminder, I think, as we approach the end of the year and getting ready for a new year. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.